0: Hello, my name is Guy Brown from My Real Estate Advisor. Um, welcome to the new podcast. Uh, it's a podcast um, on a book this time. I'm doing a book review. I've not done one before. So the book is called File It Under End For Not A Perfect World. It's by uh, Clarissa Wilson-Woods. and It's basically a book about a family that emigrates to New Zealand. So somebody bought me this book as a gift. I've actually lived in New Zealand for about a year and and then I moved to Australia and emigrated so it's sort of a story about you know the dream of emigrating and then the reality of the situation and how all that sort of plays out. Um, Now I normally do um, uh, podcasts on business related things with other people that are to do with business so Because I tend to put these podcasts onto LinkedIn and things like that. But I thought, well, this still does have an element of business stuff about it. Because it's got quite a lot of um, parts of the book are about workplace bullying. So this particular person has emigrated to New Zealand, worked in New Zealand and had workplace bullying issues and things like that. So it's a bit of a combination uh, of a book. It's about a family and it's about somebody working in a foreign country and the things that they come up against. And to be fair, New Zealand is a bit of an unusual place to go to. Um, it, it's a very cut-off, al- isolated culture, um, heavily, have a culture with Maori stuff where they do the hacker every 20 minutes if they open an envelope. So it's one of those places where it, it, if you're from, if you're an outsider, it takes a bit of getting used to, and it is a very isolated country. Um, like I say, so, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, so the book is copyrighted, uh, 2018 by Clarissa Wilson-Woods, published by, uh, KDP Publishing. Printed by Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing. And it's called File It Under End For Not A Perfect World. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read, um... The uh, explanation on the book. So it's the um, preface, I think it is, to the book, which is a couple of pages, just to give you an idea of what the book's about. Like I say, I, I really enjoy the book. It's very interesting, very close to home, and um, I highly recommend it. I don't think it's overly cheap. I think it's probably thirty or forty dollars, which is quite expensive for a book. Um, as far as I know it's only available in print form I don't think there's an audio version of it unfortunately Um, so yeah you'll have to have a look at that so I will read from the book now uh, which is something I'm not very good at so if I stumble with anything I I don't normally read aloud (laughs) I normally do a lot of talking not reading so yeah like saying so this is the um basic idea of the book. So, the narrative is recalling the events told through the eyes of a psychotherapist, middle-aged working mother. Highly charged and emotional journey begins as she and part of her family move and live to the other side of the world. Unraveled in this account are unbelievable and at times horrific details of the personal life with her two very close family members as they all begin a new life. She tries to further her career. The three of them relocates to what feels like another planet, New Zealand. New Zealands in capital letters and exclamation mark. Although written in somewhat emotive, but nevertheless at times humorous style, the aim of the book remains to sound. It offers a warning to others that thinking of emigration is all sun and sand and palm trees, when the fact changing cultures and changing countries is far, is far more. If working there, it can eventuate into an out of control roller coaster ride. And as the wheels spin and come off, it eptona epit-, epit I can't say that word. Ep epota ep- or something? I don't know. Whatever your own culture, background or if globally resoluted, you must learn to be tough to survive, or you will suffer, and the silence of misunderstanding will be deafening, okay? This book's main ethos concentrates on capturing and then expanding the feeling of a personal therapeutic journal as the party embraces emigrating to the furthest far away shore. The writer uses these intense personal recall but then laces it with occasional with particular global examples adding the mix in humour and to the commentary using wit like prized useful defence mechanism to unfold particular bizarre events as they occur and just as the music can her recall and personal analysis claims the savage beast calms a savage beast, sorry, of the victim held in a country for more of disbelief than wonder. The author is part of a close, larger nuclear family of five which consists of herself, her husband, whom is her rock three grown sons, the eldest son later is happily married to a nurse, but at the beginning of writing the book they are partnered and live in the UK. Simultaneously the middle son struggles to find work, clings to hopelessly, hopelessly to friends and is caught in his own poverty trap while also remaining back in the UK. The youngest son goes with them too, New Zealand, a handsome, struggling, trained actor who just wants to work in the industry of fame. As the journey for the initial three mum, dad, and youngest son progresses, the writer three the writer's three closest friends and their eldest son and his partner offer the only essential emotional support available from 13,000 miles away back in the uk the rest is up to them so there you go so that gives you an idea of what's going on so i haven't read that particularly very well there but um, a couple of those words through me so it's a very it's uh, this person's got a master's so it's a very sort of in-depth um psychological Uh, well written um, book so there's a lot of um, you know um, where they uh, psychoanalyze people so so, uh, you know she will have psychoanalyzed the people she's working with and you know understood why they're doing what they're doing but you know there's always some psycho that you work with to be fair my experience has been uh, these people tend to hide in plain sight, and I think there's a study that there's so many out of ten people. You know, there's probably like, out of every ten, there's maybe two that's a psychopath. I don't know, something crazy like that. There's, there's more than you. There's more than you realize. You you think everybody's like you and normal and everything, um, but they're not. You know, and they do hide in plain sight, and they do stuff like they want to fit in to society. And they always try and get to a a position of power so they can have um, control over people and um, toy with them, you know. They want to be a manager or a boss of a a company or or whatever. And they want to be in that position of power so they can play with people's lives and emotions and stuff like that. And I think reading the book, that's the sort of thing that's gone on there. Um, So, yeah, it's... um, it's a very interesting book, and it does sort of give you the idea of um, how difficult it is to emigrate. And there's a part there where it says, you know, it's not all palm trees and sand and sun and all the rest of it. And that's very true. Um, it's immensely difficult to emigrate. People think it's the easy, soft option. And I can tell from my experience, you know, you, you put a few pictures on of you sat on a beach and stuff. And people think that's your whole life, you know what I mean? Um, it's like you're constantly on holiday. I mean, you do go to the beach a lot and you have a nice time. And in Australia, like I said, it's an amazing country to live in. The weather's fantastic. Um, it's a huge place. There's loads to explore, there's loads to do. Take your lifetime to, to see everything. Um, but you've still got to work here. You've still got to earn a living. And you've got to mix with this culture And I will say it's easier to mix with the Australian culture than the New Zealand culture. But equally, it's still not your culture if you're from another country, if you're from the UK. uh, You've got to get used to the way they do business here, the way they work here, all sorts of different stuff. It's a totally different pace of life. I mean, I tend to get back to people straight away. For example, if if somebody emails me, I'll reply back to them in an email immediately. Somebody calls me, I call them back. Um, somebody asks me to do something or meet them or whatever. I'm always there on time and I'm, you know, um, dressed smartly and I do do my job professionally and put the effort in. If you live in in uh, Queensland, Queensland's lands that's so laid back. It's horizontal. It's like yeah, yeah. We'll get round to that. We'll do that. Whatever. Don't expect anybody to call you back straight away. Don't expect an email back within the same day or anything like that. They just don't do that. So you've got to get used to that sort of culture, and the shock to the system, and not mixing with people um, that are, you know where you grew up and all that kind of thing. And I think um, social media can make it difficult sometimes. Um, because uh, social media is such a skewed version of reality, you know, you're only going to put on the very best pictures of yourself and all the the other stuff that you're doing, so I think from people from the UK, um, when they look at my Facebook, and to be fair, I have to use Facebook for for work and because I have emigrated, it's it's one of the main ways that I stay in contact with family members and friends and stuff like that. I think they see that, oh, isn't this person having a wonderful time and isn't everything marvellous? Whereas the reality is, you know, I work very hard here, um, promoting my, um, my business and stuff like that. And I've, I've taken a few knocks since I've been here. And it has been difficult to switch from working in the uk to working in australia and i have come across some psychos so you know it's it's a difficult place and it's difficult to get on you've got to be the right age you've got to um you've got to have the ability to um to adapt to the culture to the to the environment that you're in um so yeah it's not an easy ride very much so because if it was, more people would do it, and not only that, the immigration side of things is—it's very difficult to get into Australia. It's not like the UK where you can just walk in. Um, I mean, the UK doesn't—they don't seem to care who lives in the UK. Anybody can live there, but as far as I can tell. Anyway, when I went back to the UK after I'd spent some time over here, I was just like—I felt like. Um, I moved to Coventry and I felt like I was the only normal English person there. Everybody else was from Poland or Nigeria or wherever. There weren't, you know, too many people like me knocking about in the area where I was living anyway. So, Australia on the other hand, you know, you've got to, you've got to pass an English test, you've got to be within a certain age, you've got to have no criminal record, you've got to be physically fit, um, you've got to have a profession... You've got to be partnered with somebody with a profession you, you know you've got to get uh, the, the point system is quite hard to get in considering the country is absolutely massive it's bigger than europe there's hardly anybody here you know it's it's ridiculous how hard it is to get in you could quite happily fit in uh 50 or 200 million people in the middle of australia And everybody on the outskirts, which is pretty much where everybody lives, would never even notice that they were there. Because the place is that huge. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. But what I will say about the place is it's very safe. It's got very good infrastructure, most places. And uh, it's a lot easier to get on. I mean, in comparison to living in the UK, most people, they don't earn much money, especially if you're from up north. North of the Wall. If you're from, <laughs> I'm from the Midlands, I'm not from up north. Um, but if you're from somewhere north of London, uh, the wages tend to be crap. And, um, you know, it's very difficult. You, you've got to move several moves on the chessboard to get to a four-bedroom detached house, which is pretty much what everybody wants. They want a four-bedroom house, two bathrooms... I know this because i'm selling them all the time but four bedrooms two bathrooms double garage right well in england you'll start off with two bedrooms or one bedroom and then you'll do that house up which won't be a new house it'll be as old as the hills and do the house up as best as you can try and sell it after a certain number of years and then you move into the next house which might be a three bedroom house that's semi-detached then you'll do that house up living that for 10 years or something, then hopefully you'll sell that and then eventually you'll get to the four-bedroom house with the double garage and all that. So it's at least a three or four move on the chessboard if you want to get to that that level because your wages won't be enough for you to be able to afford, if you're a young person, to afford um, a four-bedroom detached house to start with. Well, in Australia, even... Bogans can afford a four-bedroom detached house a lot of the time. If they all club together, they can they can um, buy stuff. And also buy stuff when they're very young as well, in their 20s and stuff like that. Easily buy a property. So they start off with a four-bedroom property with a double garage and everything. So it's a totally different world. More land, more opportunity, more jobs, more resources, less people much, much easier place to get on higher wages in, in general. the um, yeah, anywhere where, where I would say it would be difficult um, would be if you lived in Sydney uh, or Melbourne because the price of property there is horrendous. Unless you go and live on the outskirts of the city, then it you know, starts to become more normative. But if you live in the middle of the city, forget about it, everything's a million dollars. So it's super dear. So you might be earning, you know, 90 or 120 grand a year, but you still got to try and buy something. And you know, if you want to live close to work, you're looking at over a million dollars to get something. I mean, a little one bedroom apartment in Sydney, uh, what I call a flat, you know, a high rise. Um, Well, I'm trying to think where it was, Darling Harbour or some, not Darling Harbour. Manly, so you have to get the ferry across into the city. Uh, five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for a one-bedroom, tiny little place—it's just ridiculous, it, you know. Whereas in Queensland, uh, that'll buy you a, a four-bedroom or five-bedroom property here, if you know what you're doing. So it's a massive difference. So I, that's why I chose Queensland to live. But, yeah, people don't realise the the difficulty of emigrating. And, you know, look at people that I went to school with and, and there was literally nobody in my year at school that has emigrated this far away. And also, people can't afford to come and visit you. I've had one girl from my class at school that turned up with her partner... Um and she's got a brother that lives in Melbourne. I think he's a I think he's a policeman. And I think that's why she was coming over. So she's doing a bit of a she, she I think she works as a an anaesthetist or something like that, I'm not sure, some sort of nursing doctory type job. And uh she came over with her partner and uh we weren't living in a particularly big place at the time. Um, but we didn't have any kids or anything. And uh they came over it was like oh you've got a swimming pool and oh it's nice and oh you've got a nice car and you know you've got plenty of money and blah blah, blah blah well yeah but we you know we have only been here for five minutes and we've got a nice car we've got a couple of cars and we've got a swimming pool and we've got a nice house and we've got stuff you know what i mean whereas they sort of struggle through life to try and get that far but what i'm trying to say to you is is this is somebody that was, who's a well-travelled person that, that likes to go, uh, you know, far-flung places, which is, you know... Because some people are into that. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to China or I'm going to, you know, um, Canada or somewhere unusual that other people... Because people in the UK tend to go to, you know, Spain or Greece or something on holiday, somewhere warm for a week or two weeks that's close it's, you know, a couple hundred quid and you can get there and you can have a nice holiday. But people that like to explore the world, they'll come here. Well, I can, you know, count on one hand how many people have come, have come here from the UK that we knew from back in the UK. My close friends, none of them have come over. Uh, one of my wife's friends has come over a couple of times. But he's gay and he's got... No kids, so he he can afford to come. And he works in London, so he earns more money. So, it, you know, he can afford to come. He's been a couple of times now. But, you know, somebody with a family, forget about it. It's not, they're either going to have to come on their own or try and take the family with them. Got no chance. It's too expensive. So she came, this school friend of mine, uh, well, we were in the same class together through high school. We weren't like busy mates or anything. Um, She came over, we put them up, looked after them, took them around the city, did all sorts of different things with them. But like I say, you know, I would have preferred it if my best mate turned up from school. But, you know, people don't prioritise you like that. Because it's thousands of pounds to come here. It's an expensive trip. It's a trip of a lifetime, really, for most people. So, from their point of view, they look at it and they think, oh wow, you know, what an amazing lifestyle you've got, and all the rest of it. But they don't realise the cultural differences um, do great on you. I, I remember um, when I first came over here, sort of missing a lot of English things. Like, you can't buy certain English foods, it's hard to get hold of. And then it's the culture stuff, you know, you watch stuff like Tripping of the Guard or something or other. And, you know, you'd miss that kind of thing. I mean, you'd even miss something like the Antiques Roadshow, which normally, if you live in the UK, you wouldn't even watch that. So it's weird. It's weird how oh, you miss your culture. Um, I don't particularly miss the place that I'm from. It's pretty downtrodden dump. But um, I, do, um, I do miss my culture and my friends sometimes and my family. And um, I think it's one of those things where you just wish you could bring all your family with you. You know, um, whether or not they'd like it or not is a different story, really, to be honest with you. They probably wouldn't be bothered. But, um, but yeah, it is a shock to the system. And you've got to remember, you know, if, you, if you're if you established like the people in this book, they would have had uh, stuff transported over and they'd have a house, house full of furniture and all that sort of stuff and what have you. Um, when I came over, we came with nothing. We came with a couple of suitcases. We didn't have anything. Um, you know, everything that we've got has been bought since we've been here, pretty much. We've, um, we haven't really had anything shipped over. Might be there are a couple of things like uh, a painting or a picture or an ornament or something like that that we've had sent over that was sentimental the majority of the stuff all the furniture and everything else the, the vehicles the stuff for the kids um all the appliances all that sort of stuff we've all we've had to buy everything from scratch and you don't realize how much all this stuff costs and and all the rest of I and mean, what a nightmare it is to to start again with nothing because we we flogged everything before we left or gave it away Gave a lot of stuff to my brother. I remember, you know, we just moved into a flat. And uh, I furnished his whole flat for it. Carpets, and TV, DVD player, settee. Um, I, I think I even gave him a mountain bike, weights, everything. I gave him pretty much everything I had. Because that was before, you know, people started selling things on Facebook and eBay as much. So it was, wasn't worth the... Um, wasn't worth the aggro. So, yeah, so it is a shock to the the culture. You've got to get a job from scratch. You've got to build up a network of friends and and, and things like that from scratch. You won't see your family unless you talk to them on Skype or you fly back or they fly over to see you. Um, Your only outlet's going to be social media to keep people up to date with what you're doing. Then you've got a lot of jealousy that comes into play there. If you keep putting pictures of yourself down the beach and things like that, they won't like it. Um... And yeah, you've, you've got to fit into this this new world where you've got no history. Um, people take that for granted. You've got no history here. You didn't go to school here, didn't grow up here, didn't go to university here, don't know anybody here. You've got to start again. And it takes time to build those relations up and, and um, get to that level where people trust you and they know you and all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, you've got proper friends. But well, what I will say is you will make some of the best friends that you've ever had because they don't know you from old. And they only know you, the up-to-date version of you and they'll appreciate you. And they go, oh, you know, they come over here and they've done that and they're nice people and blah, 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 you know. But um, in my world, you know, we've got a couple of kids now, so really you don't have a lot of time for people when you have kids. Um, Try and make time for people as much as possible and try and be as sociable as possible, but your kids become your world, you know. And I'm very pleased that we've come here for the kids. I think it was was worth it. Um, I think they're going to have a a much easier life with a lot more opportunities, which is something I'm pleased about. And... um, yeah, I'm, I think it's I think it's the way forward. And I think, you know, reading the book, there are a lot of negatives um, within this, this book, and it is difficult for this family because I think they're an older family. I think they're, um, they're middle-aged people um, that have gone over with an al- older son. Um, probably, possibly in his 20s or something, I'm not sure. I can't remember now. And... Um, yeah, it is, a, it, is a diff, it is difficult for them. But I, I think ultimately, you know, they get to live there. Um, and New Zealand is a very nice place to live if, you know, you're on the up and up. Just like Australia is. Um, I certainly wouldn't go back to the UK if you paid me in gold bars and I'm, I'm deadly serious. I wouldn't go back for any amount of money or anything. Um, so yeah, so you've got to go with, with what you prefer at the end of the day. And I, I love living in Australia. I, I, I think it's a fantastic place. And I think if I was very close with my family, and all that kind of thing, then I think it, it makes it a lot harder to emigrate. I don't think you can do it, really, if you're super close with your family. I mean, if you've got extended family um, that you're not too bad with, then that's all right. But um, And I think with my friends as well, I think you think you've got a really good tight relationship with your friends, but the reality is, as I said before, They don't want to spend the money on coming over to see you and things like that. So, you know, you think from your point of view, you think, well, if if you emigrated, I'd come and see you. I think it would be worth my time. So you find out who your friends are when you emigrate. Let's put it that way. And I did have a a best friend, um, a a lad called Chris. And I'm pretty sure um, Chris was going to come over. But unfortunately, Chris died. So... Once that happened, that was two years before I left, or just under two years before I left, I think. That, when he died, that killed the place for me. I just associated it with negativity because I, I, he was the best friend anybody could have ever asked for. I didn't have a crossword with Chris for 18 years. 18 years we were friends and never had a crossword. He was always on your side, he was always happy for you. A very generous person, always made the effort to see you. Um, just just a really, really nice bloke. Never met anybody else like him for, for being such a, a lovely bloke. So it was a massive loss to me that was. That was the final nail, that for me, that was it. I thought, I can't go back to this hometown place where, you know, him and I would hang out all the time because it's just it's just so sad that he's not there anymore. Um, and what's left is, you know, frenemies, kick around friends, like, oh, you'll do. They're not like super close friends. You know they're not really bothered because people that are bothered will will make the effort with you they will skype you they will ring you they will email you they will come and see you they will put the effort in if people aren't bothered they won't and i think there's a lot of jealousy that goes on as well which people don't realize when you remember great people are jealous of you because you're doing something that they haven't got the balls to do and they won't you know and they are jealous and they don't want it to be rubbed in the face they don't want to see you having a fantastic life in another part of the world because you think oh well I you know I'd love to do that but I haven't got the balls to do it so you know you you live by the sword you die by the sword unfortunately you know but I don't really compromise and and that's the thing Um, if you're an entrepreneurial type of person and you're an adventurous type of person um, you won't comprom- compromise. You'll you you'll, you'll want to set out goals and go and achieve them and and follow your dreams and all the rest of it. And and so you should because you only live once. So I, I think you know going back to the book, it's it's a very interesting book. I think it'd be a good book for people to read that are thinking of moving to uh, New Zealand from the UK or, or other parts of the world. So they've got a. The gist of what that's like, or anybody emigrating to anywhere, I think it's I think it's a good book because it sort of it shows you the um, the shock to the culture that people don't realise and what you leave behind and what you have to and how you have to adapt and things like that. And I think that's um, I think it's, that's a big life lesson, and I don't think everybody can do it. there's a lot of people that emigrate and they end up going back. You know, they give it 10 years or whatever it is, and they end up coming back. I had a girlfriend when I was 17, I think, and she'd been to New Zealand. I'd never even heard of New Zealand at the time. And she said, oh, you know, um, my parents went over to try and save their marriage or something. And of course, that wouldn't save your marriage. That would actually put a load of stress and everything on on top of everything else. So that wouldn't do you any favours. so the, his their her parents ended up coming back to the UK and splitting up, and she said, um, "She said, oh, you know, they don't treat people very nice in New Zealand." And to me, it sounded a bit weird. I was like, "What? They're treating you like you're a foreigner, and they're a bit racist or something? What's what's going on?" She was like, "Yeah, yeah, they're, they're funny with you." I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Um, so yeah, it is it is difficult. And it, it doesn't work out for everybody, and it is a tough road because your support network isn't there, um, and you have to build a new support network. But um, you know, if it's what you want, it's a it's a heavy price to pay. But I'll play it, pay it gladly, to be honest with you, because it's worth it at the end of the day. It's worth it for the opportunity, for the lifestyle, and and everything else. So yeah, that's my review on the book. Um, i give it a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 or something like that, 5 stars. It's an excellent book, very personal to me, sort of book because it's similar things that I've gone through myself. And I do know um, about the country where it's set and all the rest of it. So I got, you know, um, first hand knowledge of that, that, that type of experience. So yeah i highly recommend it i think it's available on amazon uh i don't think it's cheap but to be fair i think it's probably worth it if you are thinking of emigrating, whether you you know you're going this side of the world or back the other side of the world or whatever because i think it gives you good insight as to what's involved with that and how it all fits together so yeah so i'd like to thank you very much for the time uh today um my Email address is info at myrealestateadvisor.com.au or visit the website www.myrealestateadvisor.com.au um, All my contact details will be on there. If you want to give me a call and catch up. Um, but yeah, hope this. Um, hope you um, get a chance to read the book and uh, let me know what you think. You can email me or... Send me a message on Facebook or something like that. Um, But yeah, I I enjoyed it anyway, so I hope you do. So enjoy the rest of your day or your evening, depending on when you listen to this. And um, yeah, take care. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye.